Good morning, everybody. So just a, a quick word as we were worshiping. Um, you know, the Lord showed me, you know, many of us on a train, and we're, we're, we're going to a destination. We're going through the eye of the storm, and every time you get to the storm, things get rocky. They get at the, the peak of its toughness. And many people were jumping the train. Many people were jumping off. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. I don't know what to do. And they were jumping ship. They were jumping off the train. And I saw that. God showed that to me. And, you know, and he's saying that we're going through the storm and we're going to a destination. But don't jump ship because it's not you that's steering the ship. It's not you driving the train. He is in control. To have all your faith, all your trust into him. And do not give up. Don't jump that ship. Don't jump that train. No matter how rocky it's going or even if it goes off the rails for a bit. Keep focused on him. Keep your eyes on him. And for Antonio, welcome. And, um, you know, God showed me your physical stature. And I'm not talking about me seeing your vis- visible stature. Your visible stature in his eyes. You have a big presence in his eyes. But what he's showing me is that, you know, there's some bits and pieces of you, some parts that have fallen off and that are broken. And he says, don't worry, because when you're weak, that's when I'm strong for you. And that's when I can do my greatest work in your life. And he's going to put some of those pieces back together again and build you up to an even bigger and better presence of Antonio in his eyes. And Marielle, welcome. And um, what God showed me for you was, you know, Today you came, you came for a reason, and he wants to give you a big hug, and he says, I love you. And no matter what you've gone through, what you're going through, past circumstances, you know, trials and events, you know, sometimes he says you always feel like you're coming up short. It's so close, but then it falls apart, and you always come up short. But with God, you never come up short. He will give you more, he will give you abundance, he will prosper you, he will give you the, the greatest things more than even our human minds can comprehend. So the Lord says he loves you today. So just before, as we get started, on this Tuesday, I was driving to work like I do every day. It's about quarter to seven in the morning, ten to seven in the morning. I just get on the 400, merge lanes, you're accelerating, going about 100-ish. Traffic slows down, I slow down, had room in front of me, but the car didn't behind me. And came flying into me. Dead stop in the middle of five lanes on the 400. I had my brakes on. And she and her husband came flying into me. And I didn't even know it. I just felt a jolt. And I was like, what? Did somebody hit me? Oh, no. So now I'm stuck at 10 to 7 on the 400. Busted up. (laughs) And the first thing I did instinctually... And then, you know, after I reflected on this, the next day, a couple of days later, I reflected on this, and I said, instinctually, the first thing I did was reach out to God. You know, after, obviously, I checked I was okay. I checked behind me to make sure they were okay. But I reached out to God first. Of course, I said, why, God, why? Come on, you know? But then that peace came over me. That peace came over me. I'm okay. They're Okay. It's just a car. There's nothing going to be wrong. You're going to get out of this. And then I knew he was going to show me something. The why, the what. Because I know if he allowed this to happen, he's in control. It's not by mere coincidence. 
And my first instinct was to get out of the car and go check the people behind me. But then I was like, I can't. I'm on the 400. People are going by at 120. I'm going to get hit. So I waited. I saw the flashing lights, you know. After all the panic stopped, everything settled. I was in peace, and I saw the flashing lights. The tow trucks came, got out, checked on the people behind me. I saw my car, saw their car, and we did what we had to do. Finally, when we were at the collision center, I was able to really see my car, check myself, you know, I was okay. So number one, I was okay. Nothing. Not my back, my neck, the typical things, whiplash that you would experience in an accident. The elderly couple behind me was okay. We're on the highway. My car has a small dent, a little dent. The person's car behind me is not being repaired. It's a write-off. It's totaled. And you see, wow. You know, God's hand was at work there. That wasn't just by chance, by luck, by fluke, or coincidence. His hand was at work to keep my foot on the brake so I didn't go into the person in front of me, that I didn't go in my lane, outside of my lane. His hand was at work to keep his child safe and the people behind me safe. And funny enough, you know, we're so narrow-minded sometimes, we look just straight in front of us. And obviously my first thought was like, wow, God kept me safe. Yes. But then, you know, just through receiving the next days and talking to Reinhardt, you know, it was revealed to me that This is why he is God and we are not. He does things that we don't know and we can't understand. And it was revealed to me that, you know, God can use any of his children in any way and keep us safe. And that he used me that day to protect the people behind me. Because if it wasn't me in front that they hit, they could have went flying into the car in front and something tragic could have happened and it could have ended in a fatal accident. And then I was like, wow, you know, this is just the wonders of God hit me. You know, how great he is and how, you know, tunnel visioned I was. So I'm talking to the lady and her son was there to help because she had a little bit of translation issue. And what do I find out? Her daughter had passed away in a car accident. So I imagine what she must have been going through. Wow, you know, what if uh, all the thoughts of her daughter, the hurt, the pain, what if I hurt this guy? But it was okay. She had peace. I take a picture of her license, you know, the usual exchange of information that you do, and I, I notice where she lived. Now, here's, here's the beauty of things, how it all lines up. The night before, we went for a walk. My wife always, you know, being pregnant, has a little bit of indigestion. <laughs> so, thanks, Nick. We went for a walk, and we always go the same way. But that Monday night, we went for a walk down a different street. I said, let's go a different path. You know, thank you. Let's go down a different street and and just, you know, whatever. Stay away from the coyotes in the forest and all that good stuff. We've never gone down this street. We never go down this street. The next day I get in the accident, I look at her license plate. It's that street right behind where we live. One street behind where we live. And then all of a sudden, I felt God said, you got to go now. And you got to go talk to her. You know, I was like, okay. So we went on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. 
nervously knocked on the door, and she came out. She recognized me right away. You know, of course, I said, hey, long time no see. And, uh, and you could just feel this peace that she had. And, and we, we, we said to her, we said, hi, we just want to make sure you're okay. You know, let you know that I'm okay. Everything's okay. And that God protected you today or yesterday. God protected you yesterday. He was, he was there with us and he protected all of us. But he protected you and your husband. She saw my wife was pregnant, and I guess the emotion just came over her, the presence of God just came over her, and she started crying. She started, you know, the sniffles and wiping her tears, you know, and she said, anything you ever need, you come by. We're always here, you know, God bless you and God bless the baby. You know, it really hit her when she saw my wife pregnant too. So I tell you, how God works is fantastic. It never ceases to amaze me um, how he works and what he does to unite us, create circumstances, push us, lead us, reach out to people that need to hear. You know, maybe she just needed that love. She needed to hear something. And I'm glad we took that step. And, you know, in a couple weeks' time or so, we'll go back and visit her again and just say, hey, you know, God loves you and everything's okay. And make sure you're doing all right. Now, what if in that case, I'm glad I have, a, I think I have a pretty good faith, you know? I try not to look at it in my eyes. I look at it in the eyes of God. Hey, how's my faith? And I'm glad my faith was strong enough. Now, let's say I was struggling. Let's say I was struggling. I'm wavering in faith, man. I'm battling a, an, an ordeal, a trial. And I'm like, why, God, why? How come you're doing this? What's going on? Everything's bad. And I'm, you know, negative Nancy. And my faith is wavering. And now I get in an accident. That could push me over the edge. I'm not talking about physical damage. I'm talking spiritually here. That could have pushed me over the edge. And that, I could have said, you know what? God, this, this is not from you. You allowed this to happen. This happened. How are you protecting your children? No way. Blah, blah, blah. And I could have checked out. Could have happened to any of us. Our faith is wavering. A circumstance comes that's not in our favor. And we say, see you later, man. I'm taking a break. Because this is how you're protecting me. This is, this is giving me abundance and keeping me safe. The point is our faith. Where is our faith at? And today I want to talk about wavering faith. Wavering faith. And in James it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let that patience have its perfect work. And if any of you lack wisdom, ask him, ask God who will give it freely. But don't ask, but let him ask in faith, not with doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a he is double-minded man. Unstable in all his ways. So where's your faith at today? We're going through all this stuff since the beginning of the year, February, March. Where is your faith at? Maybe at one point in your life, you, you gave your life to Jesus, you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, and we read the Bible and we're told, Sunday meetings just like this, you, you, gotta, you gotta have faith, you gotta believe. You've got to live by faith and not by sight. 
And what's faith? Like it says in Hebrews, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we're told to have this faith. And some of us have great faith. And some of us have little faith. And some of us have wavering faith. We're up one day, we're down the next. A decade goes by, we have ups and downs. Two decades go by, we're still going ups and downs. We have this wavering faith. Are we all going to go through trials? Yeah, of course. No one said it was a a cakewalk. We're going to go through trials. Why? Because God tests everything. He's got to put everything to the test. He tests our hearts. And in this case, He tests our faith. It's never going to be in that autopilot, go. I gave you all the faith you need, Just, just go for it. No, He puts everything to the test. And He tests our faith. Why? To make us stronger, to build us up, and to conform our characters to Christ. And think about it. Think about yourselves. Situations arise. Or all of a sudden you feel like you have this tremendous amount of faith. Nothing's going to break me. I'm strong as an ox in my faith. And then what happens? The trial comes. The squeeze comes a little bit tighter. It's not working in your favor. And you feel like you're getting tossed about like those waves left and right left and right and we have doubt and we have wavering faith and in James it says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways and should not expect to receive anything from the Lord so double minded we're back and forth in our thoughts we're back and forth in our thoughts we're here we're there we're up we're down we're everywhere it's like we got two things going on at once and think about it again how many times do you begin You have strongest confidence. But as the trial continues, we start to doubt. We start to doubt that he's going to keep his promise. That he's going to carry us through this storm. That he's going to make a way where there is no way. We forget that. We're just so focused on the doubt and the wavering faith. And focusing on the circumstance. Is it normal to question or have doubt? Come on. Of course it's normal to question and doubt. You know, when I first came to the Lord, one of the biggest things was that, you know, the doctors told me I wasn't able to have children. I didn't really have much faith at that point because I was brand new. I was learning. I was growing. I was being built up. And I doubted. I had some doubts, of course. Well, the doctor said, you know, how's... How is it just going to mysteriously change? How is it just going to change? It's been 10, 11 years of this. How is it just going to change? I doubt it. But then as my faith grew, and I got built up, characters starting to be conformed, then I questioned it. Things started to change. Then I would question, Hey, Reinhardt, tell me a little bit more about this. What did you mean by that? And the Bible said that. Can you explain it a little bit more? And I'm questioning it. But I'm not doubting it. Because I want to learn more. And then that all of a sudden turned into believing it, receiving it, confessing it with my mouth, taking action on it. Bold confession. And now she's got three months left to go. Well, the baby's going to be in here screaming. <laughs> um, but let's not be confused by doubting and, and questioning. Questioning is to seek further understanding. 
And are we hearing correctly from God? You're questioning something because you want to know more. <clears throat> you want to understand more. You want to move forward. Doubting it is because you believe, we believe, what we think or what we feel instead of what God's saying, instead of what His Word says. You know, the Bible says, faith of a mustard seed. That's all you need to move that mountain. Faith of a mustard seed. You ever see a mustard seed? Pretty hard to see because it's so tiny. <laughs> and that's all we need? Is a faith of a mustard seed to move the mountain? I'll take it. And the Bible says, you just got to believe like a child. How simple is that? Look at the innocence of, of the children in the church. They believe. Yes, okay, I believe it. How simple is that for us to do and comprehend? It's pretty simple. So why do we doubt? <laughs> so if it's that simple, all we need is the faith of a mustard seed, and we just got to believe like a child, why does our faith waver? Why aren't we just strong as an ox and go through everything? Why don't we just have the amount of faith that we need? Why do we doubt? Well, let me tell you why. Human reasoning... We and our human reasoning, we start to doubt. We start out in confidence. But then what happens is we doubt. We take our eyes off who? Jesus. And now we think in our flesh. We think in a humanly way. We start out, you know, dead focused on Him. I'm going to get through this. And then, like I said, things get tighter, stronger. The battle, you're going up an uphill climb that's never going to end. You take your eyes off Him. You start reasoning in your own way, your own will, your own flesh, your own mind. And we rely on our own logic, and we miss what God has for our life. And here we go again, repeating a cycle. Just like Peter. He was eyes focused on Jesus. Come on, man, walk on the water. Took his eyes off water, uh, off Jesus, and he starts thinking in his logic, in his own human way. So imagine that. You're told to walk on the water. And then all of a sudden you just you take your eyes off and you think in your own mind, wait, I can't walk on water. That's not solid. You know, Newton's law is not going to apply here. For every action there's a reaction. There's no action because I can't apply force to a water. So how is there going to be a reaction? <laughs> I'm going to drown. And next thing you know, <laughs> you're up to here in water. But what if you just kept the faith and kept your eyes on Jesus? Would you be able to walk on that water? I think so. Why else does our faith waver? We allow feelings to overcome faith. We allow our feelings to overcome faith. We let feelings of fear. We let feelings of unworthiness. We let feelings of inadequacy, for example, cause us to doubt and act. In what? Believe it or not, disobedience. And we miss the opportunity He has for us. Doesn't the Bible say He's going to equip us? So now we let all these emotions... All these feelings, and we know what emotions can do. They can definitely get in the way of God's plan because now we're acting on emotion instead of faith and God's word. And we let that fear come in. We let that logic come in. We let those feelings of the past, of unworthiness, come in. And then we took our eyes off Jesus and here we go again. We don't see God's in our circumstances we're going, everything's great. I can see God when I get everything I want. Oh, yes, thanks, man. 
But how about when we're not getting what we want? We're going through a process. He's conforming our characters. We don't see God in those circumstances. In that accident on Tuesday, I could have easily not seen God in that circumstances and found every excuse and blame Him. But I'm glad I didn't. I saw Him in that circumstance and I saw His hand at work in that circumstance and what He did. You know, we'll say, how, you know, like that accident, how, how are you, what do you mean? How are you in the middle of this? I got a storm going on. How are you in the middle of this? How is your hand at work? This is just the most horrible time of my life. How are you in this circumstance? But the Bible says in Romans 8.28, He promises to work all things for the good if we love Him and are called according to His purposes. And speaking of those circumstances, when we focus on that circumstance, guess what? We're not focusing on God. And that little circumstance, which in our eyes becomes huge, in God's eyes it's really small because He sees the big picture and the big plan. Guess what? We're not focusing on Him anymore. We're focusing on the circumstance. And this little dot of a circumstance becomes this huge mountain that we in no way can face or climb. And then guess what does that show? We don't trust Him. Because now we're trusting in ourselves. We don't trust Him. We took our eyes off Him yet again. I like this one. Listening to negative counsel. Counsel is one of the most valuable tools amongst all of the tools in our toolbox to help us grow and overcome. It's been a tremendous tool in my life. But listening to negative counsel. We have to be careful who we get counsel from. We're human. Our flesh wants what it wants. We'll convince ourselves to go to that certain someone that's going to tell us what we want to hear. Just like a child. He, child knows mommy says no, but daddy will say yes. And uncle will say yes. And we're no different. We're going to go seek counsel from whomever so they can tell us what we want to hear. But no, we have pastors, we have leaders. The Bible has put these people in place in all of our lives to go seek counsel. Biblical counsel. Counsel based on God's word. Not Mike's opinion. Not Reinhardt's opinion. Not Nick's opinion. Biblical counsel. These pastors and leaders have been equipped to offer counsel. Biblical counsel based on God's word. And sometimes we're just ignorant of God's ways. Sometimes we know the Bible too well. We know every verse, what it says should be done in every situation. And now we're ignorant of God's ways. We think we know the situation, and we think we know what He should be doing in this situation to fix it. We start manipulating the Bible, manipulating the verses. God, it says you should be doing this. We think we... that. It, we know best what he should be doing. So we're really telling God what he should be doing in this situation. Wait, who's in control here? That's a dangerous place to be. And that's why he is God and we are not. He knows what to do with you and when exactly to do it. And sometimes we just still feel guilt from the past sins, our old sinful life. And we forgave. It's gone. God's not going to say, Hey, Wilson, I know I forgave you, but I'm holding it over your head. 
No, that's not coming from God. And that condemnation can come and give you those sucker punches and still make you remember the sins of the past and that you're not worthy. And you really don't believe you've been forgiven. And then guess what? You're in a trial, a situation, and your faith wavers. And lastly, sometimes the devil's right here in our ear. And we're, we're listening to him and he's speaking to us because he's always there trying to deceive us. He's always there to make us doubt. Doubt God, doubt our faith. He's there to lie to us so we don't trust him. So we don't trust God and we have, what? Wavering faith. And that's a big one for me. The devil does not stop like a nagging mosquito in my ear about this, about that, about this, about that. But thankfully, you know, I do my best to go in my toolbox and shoo him away. <laughs> so, what do we do? What do we do with all this wavering faith? How do we deal with this wavering faith? How do we deal with this doubt when it comes and it attacks us and it hits us and we get knocked off? In those last seven or eight points that I mentioned, each one I started out with, I said, we, we listen to negative counsel. We are ignorant of God's ways. We still feel guilt. We listen to the devil. We, 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 I, I, I. So what if we took we, 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 I, I, I out of the equation and left it up to God? What if we didn't get in the middle of the process? God's here, the storm's here, I'm in the middle because I got to know what to do. I'm going to go seek negative counsel. I'm going to go do this. And now all of a sudden it's we, 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 I, I, I. And that's not what God wants from us. That's not what he told us. So what if we remove that out of the equation? And now it's just God taking care of the storm for us and all we need to do is be obedient and listen and take our thoughts out of it. Take our control out of it. Give him that true submission, that true authority, and not interfere, not intervene. The last time I checked, he didn't need my help. He didn't need my help. He had a master plan long before I was born. And now I'm glad to see it's coming to life and coming to fruition. And I'm glad to see we're going to have a baby. I got married. You know, I got a great job. I got the baby on the way, a lovely wife. What if I got in the way? What if I did all those seven or eight things and I didn't, I got in the way of God's plan and I didn't listen? I would have repeated the same cycle over and over again for 41 years like I did before coming to the Lord. And I tell you from experience, it's so much easier to take yourself out of it. But we need to know, first of all, that we're in it, <laughs> that we are, we're causing a lot of a problem. We're sticking our nose where it don't belong. Let him do his work. Because we get in the middle and we're like, how is this possible? I'm never going to get out of this mess. It's way too big. And our faith wavers. We're all over the place. But you know what? I've seen him do it, not just in my life, in many of the people here, lives. We're in a snap of the finger, a drop of a dime. Circumstances change. Doors open. Next thing you know, you're jumping from glory to glory. 
We're not going to be able to do that by ourselves. We need him. And then our faith will not waver. So when our faith wavers and we start doubting, what should we do? What are some things you can ask yourself, like a little checklist, and just really stop for a second and take a time out before things get out of hand? You can ask yourself this. Where is my wavering faith coming from? Where is this doubt coming from? Is it coming from God? No. Maybe it's coming from down below and a lot of those points we just went over. That wavering faith, you think about it, ask yourself. Go in those moments quiet with God, have that time with Him. Ask Him, where is this coming from? Why, why is my faith wavering? And then ask yourself this. this is very humbling. When has God ever failed me? When has God ever failed you? That's pretty humbling. When you ask yourself that and you're like, oh, yeah, uh, never. <laughs> he always comes through. Maybe it's not on my time, but he's always come through. Doesn't God promise to meet all my needs? Doesn't the Bible say so in Philippians 4, 19? And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ. So if he's going to supply all our needs, and he promised to do it, and God doesn't break his promises, he only keeps his promises, then why is our faith wavering? Why are we going about to and fro, side to side, all over the place in a mess? Doesn't God promise to meet all of our needs? Again, it may not come in a pretty bow package like we thought, but he does promise to meet all of our needs. And how about this one? Don't we have the Holy Spirit to enable us to believe in him and do whatever he requires of us? You know, in John 16, 13, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you, things to come. How many of us turn our back on the Holy Spirit? He's driving with us every day. He's beside us every day. Mike, do this. Nick, do that. Reinhardt, go this way. I'm talking to you, man. Why aren't you listening? (laughs) How many times are we uh, tuning him out? He didn't go anywhere. We're the ones who turned our back. He's our comforter. He's there to guide us. He's there to give us that counsel. And tell us what we need, what to do, when to do it. And it's so much easier when we listen. And guess what? Our faith may not waver as much either. It's pretty good. And doesn't he promise, doesn't God promise to be with us at all times? So our faith is wavering. And we're crying out, where are you God? Where are you God? Why are you doing this to me? But doesn't he promise to be with us at all times? Hebrews 13.5, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. He's always there. Again, maybe we're not tuned into his channel. We're not listening, or we turned our back, or our own soul is on fire, and we're not listening. But he's always there. Even in that quietness and that stillness, 
He's still there talking to us, helping us, ready. will never desert us, never forsake us. Then ask yourself this. Is anything too difficult for God? Is anything impossible to Him? No, not a chance. And again, that baby, that testimony, our son is living proof. And there's lots of stories like him. So when you think it's impossible, that's okay, don't worry about it. Because it's not impossible for him. And there's been many times in my life where I'm like, looking up out of a dark hole, but again, in a snap of a finger, God does what he does and you're out of it. Nothing is impossible for him. And think about this. If my faith is wavering and I'm doubting and I have unbelief, what's it going to bring me? What's it going to give me? Is it going to give me grief? Is it going to make me depressed? Is it going to make me frustrated? What's it going to do to my faith? So what does the other side of the coin have to offer? Fear, anxiety, unwavering faith. So what do we need to do? Yes, we need to ask ourselves all those questions. Where's the doubt coming from? When has God ever failed me? Doesn't God promise to meet all my needs? Don't we have the Holy Spirit to enable us? Didn't He promise to be with us at all times? And is anything impossible for Him? When you look at that and you ask yourself, what reason is there for my faith to be wavering? I don't see a gap anywhere. The only gap would be us. So I close with this. Stay in God's word. Stay in prayer. Stay in fellowship. Yes, even now, stay in fellowship. We have Sundays. We have Fridays in person. And we have all the online stuff. And we still have cell phones to pick up the phone and call each other and talk to each other. Do not be divided. Because that's a great place to be when we're alone. Now we have every excuse. There's COVID going on. The church is not open. It's closed. We can't do this. We can't do that. And now we removed ourselves. God didn't remove us from anything. We stepped aside and made all these excuses. Our faith is wavering. Now we're alone. We're fighting a storm. We're fighting a battle. And the devil has you right where he wants you. You're alone. You're divided. Your faith is wavering. Now it's just time for the knockout punch. Build your foundations on the rock. That's why we've been working so hard in our connect group about this stuff. Build your foundation on the rock. Go into your basement of your spiritual skyscraper. Look for any cracks. And if you're just building your spiritual skyscraper, build it the right way with no cracks. Take all the time you need and build a solid rock on Jesus Christ. So when those storms come, you may bend to the point of breaking, but you're not going to break because you built your home on the rock. And if you're new to the Lord, develop your relationship with Him. And if you're not new with the Lord, renew or revive your personal relationship with Him. Not through me, not through Nick, not through Reinhardt, not through a third party, because at the end it's you and Him. Renew, grow, develop, build your relationship with Him one-on-one. 
one-on-one. And keep your eyes on him. Keep focused on him. Just like Peter walking on the water. Don't take your eyes off it. Don't take your eyes off Jesus and start thinking, how am I going to walk on the water? I can't. Keep your eyes focused on him. All the time, but especially now more than ever. And if you've had counsel, and if you've been coming to our home groups, connect groups, you've heard us say many of time, the whys, the whats, the importances of walking under authority, having a covering. You can't be out there, the Christian of Christian, knowing all the verses, but you're by yourself. You don't walk under authority, you're not submitting to God, and you don't have a covering. How are you going to fight this battle on your own? You can't. You need to be accountable to somebody. We all do. Where all the leaders are accountable to somebody, the church is accountable to somebody, the pastor is accountable to somebody. It's never at that point where I know everything and I'm not accountable to anything. And we can't just think like, yeah, I'm accountable to God. Yes, but there's more to it than that. You need to know your spiritual identity. Not what you think of yourself, but what God says who you are. What he thinks of you. What he says you are. We need to be transparent. We can't be walking around pretending one thing, but we have all these secrets inside that we're not telling anybody and we're keeping inside. And the devil builds on that, builds on that, builds on that, and we crumble. You need to understand your purpose and vision. Again, not, not your purpose and vision, what you want out of life, but God's purpose and vision in your life. And that's why you've heard us say so many times it's so important to walk under counsel. You're not going to figure this out on your own. You need to have help. God has equipped these people to be in your life to give you proper counsel, not opinion, biblical counsel based on God's word, to give you a different point of view, a different way of looking at things. And if you're coming right now on Fridays, we're talking about training the soul. And what a great way for your faith to not waver when you know how to have soul control, when you know how to train your soul. Such a great way for your soul and your faith not to waver. And don't forget about that covenant and commitment that you made with God and that He made with you. He doesn't break His promises, but again, sometimes we're the one that, uh, I need a time out for my promise, I'll come back later. He's never broken that promise with you and He never will break that promise with you. So ask yourself this, Where's your faith at right now? Where is your current faith? How is it doing? Is it strong? Is it weak? Or are you wavering? And ask yourself, what situations or circumstances cause my faith to waver? What emotions cause my faith to waver and doubt and have disbelief? And think of your past trials, troubles, experiences, tribulations. Think about how you've handled them. Think about the ones where you had strong faith. You had the word of God. You handled it with God leading the way and you following being an obedient child. And how was that outcome? Think of some other trials maybe you faced where it didn't go that way. And you handled it on your own in your own strength, in your own way, 
And how was that outcome? And what did that bring you? We should rest in the confidence that God will do what he promised. It's easy for us to focus on the circumstance, focus on the storm, and take our eyes off him. But I leave you with this. Rest in the confidence that God will do what he promised. He will carry all of us through this storm, carry you through your personal storms, make a way where there is no way. And you have, we have every tool, everything we need. He's equipped us to have strong faith. So we can go through these moments and not have wavering faith. So where is your faith today? If your faith is wavering, if you're struggling, put up your hand. We'll come around and pray for you. Vanessa, Darley, Reinhardt, Nick, Chris. We'll come around and pray for you. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. You're in the hospital here. This is where we come to get healed. This isn't where we all come to pretend to be perfect. So if you're struggling with something, and if you are just struggling with faith and wavering faith, put up your hand. Come to the front. Let us pray for you. If not, let's close our eyes and we will, we will close the day in prayer. But again, if that is you, put up your hand and we will come over to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this gathering and everybody that's come here to listen to your message, Lord. And we know, we know, Lord, that we are going through trials, troubles, and tribulations. That we are in times of uncertainty. We are asking all the questions, the whys, what's, the who's, how come, why, what is going on. We don't understand. And many of us, our faith is wavering. We have disbelief. We have doubt. But we know that doesn't come from you, Lord. So we ask today in the name of Jesus that you restore our faith, you revive our faith, you bring life back into our faith, that we know that you are in the midst, you are in control of everything and all circumstances, you allow everything to happen, and that in all things you test our faith, and you test our faith not to trouble us, not to hurt us, but to build us up, to build us up, to grow, to develop and have that personal relationship with you, so we can live your purpose and vision that you have in our lives, that you can conform our character to Christ and be who it is that you have wanted us to be. So we ask, Lord, today in the name of Jesus that we can come to you and repent. We can come to you and submit ourselves wholly. We can submit ourselves humbly to you, that you may lead all our ways, all our circumstances, with unwavering faith, Faith that comes from you and not from our own flesh, not from our own logic and our own, our own ways and our own eyes. That we can handle all things in your name, Jesus. That you will carry us through the storm and make a way where there is no way. And that we can do so with unwavering faith. Because that fear, that anxiety doesn't come from you, Lord. And we ask to remove our egos, remove our pride, remove our logic. Remove any hindrance, distraction, obstacle, chains from the past that are holding us back and keeping our eyes closed and moving forward in tremendous and strong faith in your name, Jesus. Restore us, Lord. Restore our faith. Let us have that hunger for you. 
that hunger to, to be more like your son Jesus and have that faith to persevere, to endure, to go through that long suffering. That we know in all things you are faithful and you keep your promises. And we need to trust, we need to believe, we need to have faith of a mustard seed, believe like a child, and be obedient to you and your word, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Thank you, everybody. Ask yourself, where is your faith today? Ask yourself some of those questions. Do a good little checklist, just you and the Lord. And if you need prayer, reach out to one of us for prayer. Don't stay alone. Don't stay in unwavering faith. Know that he's right with you, right beside you, to carry you through the storm.